Welcome to Classically Current, where we review new films every week and link them together with classic films of the past. With your host, Zach and Kyle. Welcome back to Classically Current once again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Space Jam, A New Legacy. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. That was fun to record as that was kind of mixed for me and Kyle. We both had different opinions, but we kind of we kind of were hard on it a little bit. But I think I enjoyed that one a little bit more than him. If you guys haven't checked that one out, it is still available on our podcast list. Uh, under season two, you can find that one. But this week, we're going to be talking about M. Night Shyamalan's newest film, Old. It came out just recently. So today, we're going to be talking about, we're going to get into the director profile. We're going to talk a little bit about M. Night's career. We're going to talk a little bit about the behind the scenes and movie background, as well as the box office and some of the critical response. But we're going to kind of breeze through it because we want to get into this movie a little bit quicker than we do with some of the other films. Because we, I think, I feel like we have a lot to say about this one, Kyle. So let's let's continue on and just get into our show. Uh, so without further ado, let the podcast begin. <laughs> So, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to say his full name, Zach. Manaj Neliatu Shyamalan. Does that sound right? Ma- Ma- Thus, the Malan? name M, sure. for short. Something like that. <laughs> Manoj. I think it's Manoj, actually. Manoj. But yes, okay. continue. Okay, born August 6, 1970. He's an American filmmaker and an actor. Uh, known for making films with contemporary supernatural plots and twist endings. He was born in India and raised in Penn Valley, Pennsylvania. The cumulative gross of his films exceeds $3 billion globally altogether. That's crazy to That's think about. That's a lot about. of money. Yes. That's over 10 films, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, not exactly he's sure. over 10 films at this point. Uh, in fact, uh, he made his directorial debut in 92 with his first movie, Praying with Anger. His second movie was a comedy drama film, Wide Awake. And I have actually never heard of either of those. So those were brand new to me. I thought his first film was The Sixth Sense. So that came out the next year in 99, followed by the superhero thriller Unbreakable, the science fiction thriller Signs, and... For The Sixth Sense, by the way, he has received nominations for the Academy Award for Best Director and for Best Original Screenplay. He's directed several other films, uh, The Village, uh, The Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, um, After Earth, The Visit, Split, and Glass was his most recent prior to this new one, Old. So yeah, I would say he's done. He's definitely done over ten. He's also directed Devil, um, and he actually, oddly enough, has an uncredited rewrite for the teen film. She's all that. So that is a <laughs> far. Uh, oh, and also served as a writer for the film Stuart Little. So those are two films that are kind of a far cry from what his normal 
um, writing techniques, I feel like would be. Well, yeah, and uh, he also he he will say that he actually started his career more so as a screenwriter. Yeah. So he's actually got a lot of screen credits at the beginning of his career, and then also he's even written on the acclaimed series Servant on Apple Plus, mm-hmm. which I have not checked out yet, but I'm intrigued by that one. Yes, I would also sometime. be. Uh, interested in checking that out. Uh, one thing about Shyamalan, uh, just before we move on to uh, this film background, uh, he is known for filming and setting his films around Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and as well as reading Pennsylvania. Uh, so that's kind of a common area that he films throughout. And we're going to kind of get into uh, this film a little bit and into the background. Uh, as well as maybe where the location took place and kind of get an idea of how they went about making this film. Well, yeah, Kyle, and he also seems like, he, yeah, he, he films around Philadelphia or he mentions Philadelphia in a lot of his films. He's right. a big, I mean, he loves Philadelphia through and through. It's his hometown, so, you know, you got to love that. But this film in particular, Kyle, this is a partnership with Universal Studios. So he, I believe this is the first of two films that he will write and direct for. He's actually writing another script as we speak. But he actually was inspired to make this film old because of a gift from his daughter. For Father's Day, she gave him a graphic novel, Sandcastle, by Pierre Oscar Levy. I believe that's a French graphic novel. And he was so interested in it that he decided to, get the rights to adapt it into a film. He optioned the rights for the story. And principal photography for this film, Old, actually began on September 26, 2020, and it was in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, which is interesting, you know, he's usually filming in Philadelphia, but he went all the way to Dominican Republic to film this, so it's pretty interesting. And this is marking the first time that Shyamalan has filmed entirely outside of the greater Philadelphia area. And uh, the production actually concluded in November 15th of 2020. So only, yeah, about a few months. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty efficient. You know, some you hear about Stanley Krubick and some of his shoots that he did, which was over a year's time for uh, Eyes Wide <laughs> I, Shut. Yeah, that has the record. <laughs> and you see something like this, yep. which, you know, I think Stanley Kubrick still holds the record for longest production. I mean, he didn't even survive that movie. Literally, he didn't even survive that production. That's how long it was. Yeah. Because uh, well, they but, they, uh, they got through the. Um, he didn't survive through, I guess, the post production. They got through most of the uh, most of it. I think he finished the. Oh final yes, cut. that's right. He finished the final cut like five days before he's he passed. I think something like that. Uh, it was first shown on June eighteenth, twenty twenty one, at the New York Tribeca film festival and then later released i believe it was july 21st in america and uh, you know we'll get into the box office and budget but it's interesting kyle that's his first film that he has branched out of philadelphia and now he he is you know gone to the dominican republic and the movie i think it serves the movie better It, it you know the setting of the film you know you have to kind of be in a real life setting to make it work i feel like well but and one thing, uh, he did have an inter- interview where he was quoted as describing this movie as a Bergman blockbuster. So Ingmar Bergman uh, may be an influence here on the film. A big influence, yeah. So that's that'll be kind of interesting as we move forward, uh, kind of into maybe uh, classic links 
to this film. But, uh, but yeah, yeah Kyle, go go ahead and get into the box box office and budget, which yeah. I'm going to tag along and give you some more information to what you're going to talk about, Kyle. But why don't you start off, start us off? Yeah, so it was actually only made on an 18 million dollar budget, which I mean for a um, M Night Shyamalan film, it is kind of a meager budget. But uh, so far, as of August 21 or August 1st, 2021, Old has grossed 30.6 million in the United States and Canada. And another 18 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 48.6 million. Well, yeah, Kyle, and it was number one in its first weekend, which he has had several of his films be number one in its first weekend. He's pretty notorious for it. He even tweeted about it that he has, you know, been blessed to have so many number one weekends. And looking back at some of his filmography, Kyle, a lot of his films have had two and a half times more than, you know, have grossed two and a half times more than their production value. I mean, the uh, exceptions would be After Earth, which was a pretty big bomb, and I believe yeah. Last Airbender was kind of a bomb too, as that one did not connect with audiences. But, yeah. you know, we'll get into more of the Did You Know segment. I want to talk a little bit more about the box office stuff in, in, in his history as well. But let's get into the critical response for this film you know a lot of his films have been getting mixed reviews and he started off really hot with the sixth sense that was a very critically acclaimed it even got nominated for academy awards and then as the years have gone by he had like a kind of a nosedive i guess with four straight films that really didn't do well critically or commercially that was uh, lady in the water last airbender after earth uh, there was another oh the happening was in there as yeah. well and then, you know, he's really come back strong ever since he he came uh, with The Visit, which was in 2015. But yeah. this film, Old, gets 49% on 266 reviews. And then you have Metacritic at about 54. So it's around the same for both. So it's about mixed or average reviews. But that leads me into my next section here, Kyle. Since we're going to be talking about the critical responses, let's talk about some of the good and some of the bad. Uh, so I'm going to go to Metacritic and tell you guys what some of the best critical responses are and some of the worst are. And then also we have a, we have a section here for fan audio clips. So if anybody has sent us any fan audio clips, we will put that into the episode as well to see what you guys think. Just to give us like a brief one to two minute synopsis of your take on this film. But here we go, Kyle. I got some of them pulled up right now. So I'll start with the good. You know, Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian, Kyle, gave it 100. So like five out of five stars. He, he said the elements of silliness and deadly seriousness are nicely balanced. And although I wasn't absolutely sure about the ending, which has made too neat, which has maybe too neat a bow tied on it. This is very enjoyable. And I was on the edge of my seat, not knowing whether to flinch or laugh, though I did both all courtesy of Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian. But then you get to somebody, uh, let's, let's let's take one from the worst, Kyle. This is Richard Whitaker from the Austin Chronicle, who has given it a zero out of five stars. Wow. <laughs> to be fair, he says, at least old captures a sense of time passing past too fast. Rarely have I felt more like my life was <laughs> slipping away in the cinema. <laughs> 
Yeah, I gotta say, uh, he really sets himself up here uh, with the title "old" because anybody could finish that film and be like, "Yeah, I feel so much older after having to watch that." I feel like that's an easy, uh, a little attack that they could have on that film. I will say on Metacritic, Kyle, there are more in the green than there are in the red. So I yeah. feel like these ones in the red really bog the score down. So I don't really think that it is. I don't really think 54 is an accurate portrayal of the film, but we'll talk about that more in our review. But if that is kind of our section on the good and the bad, we hope to continue to do this each week with our new releases that we are doing. But for now, Kyle, let's get into the Did You Know segment. If you guys have fan audio clips, they will be played right now. Zach, did you know that this is the first M. Night Shyamalan film to be shot on 35 millimeter film stock since the last airbender all his projects since have been shot digitally interesting kyle that is interesting uh because i'm i'm sure he grew up with being a huge fan of film stock so he probably just wasn't able to do it after that film i i believe after earth came after that film so i'm wondering why he wasn't able to do it for that one but uh, kyle did you know that before production M. Night Shyamalan screened two films for his cast and crew, which were said to be big influences on the style and tone that he wanted for old. The first was Walkabout in 1971, directed by Nicholas Roeg. The second was Picnic at Hanging Rock, directed by Peter Weir. Or Peter Weir. Interesting. Shyamalan described them as stories about human beings struggling against the overwhelming power of nature. Films where nature becomes something mysterious, overwhelming, almost supernatural. Those are his. That's those are his main influences for this film, and you can kind of see that now that we kind of know that. It makes a lot of sense uh, as you see the film. So no, I'm glad we put that one on there. I um, have not seen either one of those. Have you? I have not. I have to go t- uh, take a look at those. Yeah, yeah. That would be. Those would be some interesting watches. I feel like. Especially during a golden era such as the 70s, uh, where you had just a lot of great, um, just different ideas coming through there, the pipeline there. Zach, did you know that M. Night Shyamalan said the subject matter of the film, in which a group of people find themselves trapped on an isolated beach, dealing with a deadly phenomenon, mirrored the experience of being in lockdown and the uncertainty of the coronavirus pandemic where he uh, added, it was strange. We were making a film that had nothing to do with the pandemic, but at the same time, it was absolutely about this fear and uncertainty we were all feeling, this fear of infection. It made us think very deeply about death, about survival, and about being in lockdown. This idea of being stuck in a situation and not being able to leave. So that's interesting. Yeah, I definitely felt like there was some... uh, some layers here where you kind of got a sense that it was very uh, congruent with uh, what's been going on today with uh, the whole COVID pandemic. Yeah. And I don't even know if he really fully realized that until they were actually filming this movie where they're really just stuck on an Island and they're having to have all these different uh, guidelines and rules. I'm sure this is in 2020. So I would imagine they were, you know, wearing their masks and everybody was being extra careful. 
uh, in the Dominican Republic when they were filming this. But yes, I would definitely agree with that. So it's like life imitating art for this film and makes the film even better. Or I'll do one last did you know here before we get into our movie review and classic movie link that we'll be doing. But Kyle, did you know that after a string of you know films that didn't do very well you know critically or commercially, M. Night Shyamalan, he wanted to do his own scripts and his own ideas and not be bogged down by studio involvement. And not a lot of studios were wanting to have him work for them because of all the recent struggles that he had. So in the, in the 2015 The Visit film, he took a $5 million loan out on his Pennsylvania estate to fund that film. <laughs> wow. He put $5 million. And to put it into perspective, called The Visit, which was a $5 million budget, made close to $100 million worldwide. That's crazy. So... That's so also risky, but that that's just risky, crazy. Basically being financial ruin if this didn't work out. He believed in his ideas that much to get this film released. And I even remember, you know, advertisements for that around that time. There was it was just simple. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of in your face advertising. There was just like little things sprinkled in during that time that made you intrigued to go see that movie. And so that one, you know, actually became very successful. And then he also did the similar thing when he made the movie Split for $9 million. And that movie even did better at $278 million worldwide. So and he, so he's really, you know, a champion of his own voice and his own ideas, not getting too much studio involvement as he's been able to put a lot of his own money in his films ever since that time. So that way he can do his own thing and you got to respect him for that. For better or for worse, he's able to get all of his ideas on the screen that he wants. Yes, it takes guts. And I think um, I think we can say that M. Night Shyamalan does have some uh, guts to take risks. <clears throat> I would agree with that. And moving on, Kyle, into the classic movie Link. This is interesting for me because I don't want to spoil the movie. We're not going to be spoiling the movie. We're just going to give a brief overview of the you know, the review and our overall take of the film, but my classic movie link is Cabin in the Woods. Uh, that movie came out probably five or six years ago. It's I think more it like was horror... uh, 2012. Oh my goodness, has it been that long? Yeah. Nine years ago? Yeah. Yes, we were in college. That, that sounds more accurate. <laughs> that sounds yep. more accurate. But it, it, it was more like a horror comedy almost. It features a group of friends that go to a mysterious cabin in the woods. And, you know, a friendly hangout turns kind of sinister as people in the group start kind of dropping off one by one. And in the end, the friends, you know, find out that there is a reason that they were brought to the cabin in the woods. And it's not... To not so much fun and games after all is what they realize. So oh I don't want to spoil that movie. People should check that <laughs> film out because it's a very good like satire almost of the horror genre and the you know all the different tropes that come with it. So it's a it's kind of fun. But also, Kyle, I was gonna talk about the I was when I was watching this film, I was thinking about the film and not the film, but the TV series Lost. In the early to mid two thousands, you know, you know, has a group of people on a beach that do not know why they are there, but their connections with the island with the island become clearer as the series goes on. Much like the reason the people are stranded on a beach in this 
Dominican Republic like beach. I guess they don't really say specifically where it is, but they are stranded on this beach and they don't really know why, but it becomes clear as the movie kind of goes on. Those are my classic links to this film. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Lost because I believe one of the actors um, from Lost is in this movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, I recognized him. I was like, man, he looks pretty good. He doesn't seem like he's aged all that much. I, I did I did recognize him, Kyle. That was interesting that they had a actor from Lost. All right, Zach. Well, for mine, classic movie link, I chose a movie that's a little bit older than Cabin in the Woods. You have to go all the way back to 1957 with Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal. So basically, Zach, uh, my film is uh, actually takes place back in 1957 with Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal, uh, which also takes place on a beach. And basically, it's a medieval knight uh, comes across uh, the character Death in the film, who is there to take his life, basically, and... Essentially, what they end up doing is having a chess match. Uh, if he wins, he reclaims his life. If he loses, death takes him with him. So it definitely had a lot of similar vibes in, with old. A lot of similar ideas, I feel like, behind it. With just the thought of dying and being on a beach. You know, I thought there was a lot of similarities there. And that's probably where... Um, M. Night Shyamalan got some of his ideas as well and how when he says it's a it's a Bergman blockbuster that kind of makes sense to me yeah and I've never seen that film but it's always fun to look back even as far back as 1957 for something like that to kind of pique his interest and kind of get inspired by that yeah to make this film it's recognized as one of the greatest films of all time uh, for me personally, it's not an easy film to watch, but um, it is one that uh, every cinephile should watch at some point in their life to have a greater yes. appreciation for the art of cinema. <laughs> well said, Kyle. Now, uh, moving on, though, from our classic movie links, let's just finally get into it and dive into this film, Kyle. Let's get into the review of the film. I'll start us off here, Kyle. I actually really enjoyed this movie. It is uh, we actually saw this in the theater together. You know, it was it felt good to go out again. Uh, I hope we can continue to do it. At, but you know, as things are st- standing right now, it, it, you know things may start closing down because it is really fun to go see this on the big screen. You even have an M Night Shyamalan like introduction into the film. He's te- he's telling everybody thank you for coming into the theaters and watching it. It is one that I really enjoyed. It's right up my alley. As most of you know, on this podcast, I'm a big fan of suspense or thrillers. Uh, and I enjoy M. Night Shyamalan's you know, past work. I've enjoyed Signs and The Village, Unbreakable. I even enjoyed Glass and, and Split. I actually enjoyed quite a bit. I don't feel like I am a closeted M. Night 
Shyamalan fanboy, but uh, you know, I'm not like super into him as much as as some people are. But I I appreciate the guts that he has, and he's putting all of his ideas out there. And maybe some of them work, maybe some of them don't. But this film really worked for me. Uh, the you know, it felt tailor made for me. It it touched on a lot of real life like aging angst that I feel like people have. And, you know, the hesitancy to feel and live like you are, are getting older, you know. There's like a logic to this movie that I really appreciated as well as you have a lot of intelligent people that are on this beach together that are trying to figure out what is going on. And I, it felt like there was a good logical flow throughout. I don't want to spoil the film, but I feel like this is a film that is one of M. Night Shyamalan's best, probably... One of my favorites since Split. I mean, Glass was good, but I feel like this movie is just feels very original, very unique, and it feels special. And I really enjoyed it. And I was, it was a uh, one that I think I, you know, I usually my barometer for movies if I see it and I think about it more the next day, then I know it's like been an impactful movie. I we saw it last night. I'm talking about it today, and I've not stopped thinking about it, Kyle. It just stayed in my brain. Uh, a lot of the different things that he was able to do and the stuff that ends up happening throughout the middle to end of the film, I was looking back on it, seeing if it all made sense, seeing if there's a lot of plot holes. And I feel like even if there may be some things that maybe didn't, you know, he didn't maybe stick the landing perfectly on certain things, or maybe he felt like the ending may have been a, like the, one of the critics had said, like a bow was kind of tied onto the ending a little too tight. It was. It, it, maybe he's saying that it gave us too much answers, too many answers at the end where yes, he thought it could have been it, left open it, to interpretation. You know, in, in a film where you're expecting, you know, he has, Shyamalan has a lot of twists and some turns in a lot of his films by golly kyle he actually gave us some answers i felt like in this film yeah um so you definitely really liked the movie and i was a little torn um which you know i've had a chance to kind of go back and think about some of the things um and i do think that i like it a little bit more afterwards but um i thought that the acting was uh pretty pretty good for the most part i didn't really i don't really feel like anybody was a weakness with the uh, acting there i thought everyone did a pretty solid job and i like that he did tidy some things up there um i just felt like a lot of things were cohesive uh throughout the film and you know the first act i really liked where they kind of go to the beach and i liked the kind of the, the final act, like the last 20 or 30 minutes i thought um really helped it i feel like it for me it hits a little bit of a lull um kind of in like in the middle like when they're all on the beach and um it's probably like a little over an hour or so of of that um you know just that uh whole shooting where it's all on the beach and they're all you know getting older and older and um, so I don't know. I felt like it almost got um, a little redundant for me on that. And for it being a movie that is supposed to, you know, make you think and, and, and you know, not, maybe not always give you the answers. 
I kind of didn't feel like there was anything around the corner that was really that really blew me away of on it. And yeah, I don't know. It just it kind of felt like it was good. I just didn't feel like it was a great film. And I do think it's ambitious, you know, to an extent. But, you know, like for instance, we talked last night, Zach, about the idea of water and maybe a rebirth there. Uh, kind of a sim- symbol there. Um, and I kind of feel like that's been done before. Just in, I think M. Night uses that a lot as a symbol. But, I mean, you can uh, probably recount other movies that have used that as well. Um, for one, I would say Gravity was one, you know, as uh, she kind of falls from the sky and uh, lands into the water. And then she kind of is having to kind of walk again a little bit it, it, like she can't she kind of stumbles on her feet she can't walk right away it's kind of but then she's able to stand on her own and it's kind of like her rebirth there so i don't know like it, it for it being a very metaphorical film i didn't feel like there were a lot of surprises um at times but and well, another thing i don't know the cinematography it almost just seemed like it was good in moments but then it was just like almost just too much going on with that that it almost gets distracting for me a little bit. And I, I know that he is just, um, he likes to be very dynamic with the way he shoots scenes. Um, but I found it a little distracting for the story a little bit at times. Well, actually, man, I actually disagree. Uh, this is surprising. You know, I maybe, I mean, obviously we were both together watching this film, but I actually really enjoyed the camera movement that he was able to accomplish here. I mean, I could see how maybe some of it could get tiresome, but I feel like, you know, throughout the movie, he was picking and choosing different ways to, you know, you have a dolly zoom here or there. You have uh, a lot of, like, one-cut pans. You have, you know, uh, some blurry aspects when... I don't want to spoil what's going on in the film, but I feel like the camera actually meant something to the story well, as so, the movie kind of went along. So one of my issues but, was like how often he was using a zoom in, like he would quickly zoom in on people. And um, it kind of felt like there were times where that wasn't really necessary for me or that it didn't really necessarily add to. Uh, you know, like we're seeing the character's emotion at this time. Uh, it just kind of seemed like it was just um, just trying to be dynamic, just to be dynamic. Not really. I, I don't I know. Could maybe, maybe, I could see that. I could see that now that you mentioned that. Maybe if I thought about there, it more, maybe it, maybe there is always like a meaning behind it. But at moments there, it feels like there's a madness with without really any method to it. I mean, I feel like as the movie went along, it had more... It made more sense. The camera movement made more sense, but I could see a little bit at the beginning where you do have. I did feel like there were certain scenes where maybe the camera was zoomed in on somebody for just a little too long. Like maybe they really shouldn't have. I was like, okay, is this going to cut? Is this going to cut? And then it just kept going. And then, not that it was bad, but it's like, it's an interesting choice that he made there. And And then maybe. Maybe that's something that someone else with a studio with a whole you know, bunch of voices in your head yeah. may have said, hey, cut that out. But he he liked that. But he felt like it meant something. But right. I could see your your way as as you're saying, like maybe it's just doing it for 
art for art's sake, maybe not for the story's sake. Maybe he got a little bit too much into his so uh, art there, and, and I not could, so and, much. And the this story. is off of based off of an initial reaction by me. At the same time, I could see this film. Um, I feel like I do need to watch this film again, and I do think that I could see it. You know, twenty, thirty years down the road, where hey, it's considered like a, a classic M Night Shyamalan film. Um, maybe it'll get better with age. I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty um, it's timely uh, for the time that it came out. I just off the off of my initial reaction, I'm a little mixed on it as well. Well, yeah, and as the movie went along, you know, I've worked in the you know the healthcare field taking care of a lot of different age groups of people and i just felt like this movie was speaking to me in that regard you know right. his family is all doctors like his parents his siblings he was like the only one that was not the i'm not Shyamalan is who i'm talking about a lot of his family are doctors so there's a lot of medical knowledge that is brought into this film as well which i can really appreciate and also the way these people are aging and there's basically when you look back at the film Kyle it goes through pretty much every really impactful point in someone's life so I really liked that aspect of it you have a rebirth you have uh, you have adolescence you have middle age you have older adults it, it kind mm-hmm. of it hit all of those those age groups in a short period of time and actually made it impactful I felt like as the movie went on and then I really I really was worried about this ending I wasn't thinking I was like watching this film I was like okay how are they going to tie all this together and I felt like it made the most logical sense uh, from what if you've watched I don't want to say too much more than that um, I wish we had a spoiler portion of this that we could really dive into that, but I really enjoyed the ending. I felt like it made logical sense, and there's a lot of, I'll just say that there's a lot of medical uh, background knowledge that is built in mm-hmm. that made it really work for me at yeah. the end. Well, and I think the film definitely improved for me uh, as well in that aspect. Uh, it's kind of one of those, it's like I maybe need, just need to go back and watch it again. Maybe I just got kind of got bored towards the middle, but maybe if I gave it another chance, I don't know. Maybe I would uh, change my mind on it. But uh, for me, Zach, I think I'm gonna give it a five and a half. Okay, okay. Well, for me, fans of classically current, you heard it from Kyle. He gives it a five point five. I am gonna give this a solid eight out of 10. I really enjoyed this movie. I feel like people should check it out if they can. It is only in theaters right now. It is not streaming. So support the man. Support M. Night Shyamalan. He's got, he's still doing good work. Yes. I feel like even if you are kind of, you know, mixed on if you're going to like it or not, it is at least an original idea. It's an original movie that's not really based on a, a comic book you know, multiverse of some kind. Yes, we need more it's movies like this. based on like, like a short story graphic novel. So, and it's not even based solely on that graphic novel, but it's inspired by it. So, obviously, it has a little bit of ideas from there, but he's mixing in a lot of other elements into this film as well. Yeah. So, it's a poor original work. It's, it's a good film in my book, and I hope people continue to see it as it's doing actually quite well in the pandemic era for box office so keep up the good work m night Shyamalan, and i hope that we can review another one 
another one of his films next time. Yes, I think we both have kind of a mutual respect for uh, M. Night Shyamalan, um, just in general. And uh, yeah, like you said, we just need more films like this, more creativity uh, in cinema again. feels like it's been lost a little bit over the last decade or two. Well, yeah, and it's just there's so many uh, different universes that are being set up. You have DC that is creating their own, you know, they have their own superhero universe and you have marvel and you just get so many superhero movies that they're it's just going to be recycled over and over and it's just going to get tiresome so a movie like this comes along that has interesting ideas with i think is a pretty good cast Mm -hmm. i like what you said there kyle it's not like anybody overshadows one another everybody i think is solid i don't think any it's not like a situation where a movie like us with jordan peele as directing as director in that where you have uh, Lupita Nyong'o like really have a great performance in that. This is not like that. Uh, this is a solid cast through and through, and actually like the score of the film. And an interesting thing about this score too is there's a song that's brought up in this film, and his daughter actually wrote the song for this movie. Yeah, um, she's a singer songwriter, I guess, and she I think she actually helped with some of the. Fr- principal photography as well i think she does some filmmaking behind the scenes but she also sings and she also wrote the the song for this movie and he he put it in there so that's cool as well but uh i think that pretty much wraps up the review portion of this film i'm so glad we got to go and check this out in the theater Uh, i know we were just talking about original films and and we were kind of dogging a little bit of the you know the superhero movies but we're actually planning on watching james gunn's film suicide squad which i think will be interesting i really like james gunn i'm excited to talk about him because I, I he started out in the independent sector and i really liked his first one of his first films slither and we'll talk about more uh, his background and he also you know directed both guardians of the galaxy one and two writer and director for both of those and he has now joined DC Comics for this newest movie, The Suicide Squad, which just I don't really know how it connects to the first Suicide Squad, but we will find out and let everybody know in our next episode. Thank you once again, Kyle, and thank you once again, everybody, for tuning into our show. I hope you enjoy our episode coming next week. If you like this, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you will never miss a show. If you found value in our show, we'd love it if you gave us a review so we can continue to grow and reach more enthusiastic movie fans in the future. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, Classically Current Podcast, to receive updates on our show as well as vote on other films to review in the future. Thanks again for joining us, and as always, stay classy and stay current.